Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as of right now, we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount uh, contained in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And we've gone through chapter 5. We're in chapter 6 now. And the beginning of this chapter, Jesus talks about our devotional life, how that we are to give alms, uh, we are to pray, this is where we're going to be at in this session, and we are to fast. And then he goes on and talks about uh, the separated life. That's why in uh, chapter 6, I've uh, entitled this chapter, Jesus, our sanctifier. Amen. Praise God. But we're going to be talking about prayer today. And so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Amen. Well, Father, we're so thankful today. Thankful for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the habitation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Lord, quicken us according to your word. And, Father, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to begin. We're going to go back a little bit. Last session, we got just to the point of the Lord's Prayer, but let's let's back up to verse 5, and let's start there. And notice Jesus saying, And when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Here's the caution that when we pray, we're not to pray to be seen of men. So what Jesus is speaking of here is he is speaking to those that are in the kingdom of God that have a relationship with the father. And really what prayer is, is the expression of our relationship that we have with God the Father. Men that do not pray much do not have much of a relationship with the Father, even though they are the children of God. God desires them. God desires to be a part of them. God desires to have a relationship with all of his children. But that relationship... uh we need to develop that relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is a perfect gentleman. Uh, he's not going to press upon you. He's not going to demand of you. Now, we do have his law to live by. That's for sure. But when it comes to relationship, we're the ones that are come unto him. He, he came to us and he drew us to himself and he gave us new birth. Now, we need to reciprocate by uh, by going to him and uh, seeking him, seeking his face, seeking his face evermore, developing a relationship that we have uh, that we have uh, with him and through him. And of course, you know, one of the ways that we develop that relationship is to be obedient uh, to his commands and, and to pray. But notice that uh, Jesus said, when you pray. So he is expecting us to pray just like he expects us uh, to give alms, to give to the poor. Amen. And he tells us, he gives us a caution. Now, he tells us what we are not to do in the area of prayer. And then he tells us what we are to do. The first thing he tells us not to do is not to be like the hypocrites and not to pray vain repetitions. That's not prayer. Vain repetitions are not praying. That might be a declaration, uh, chants, incantations, things like that, uh, trying to summon up spirits. That All of that is not prayer. That, that gets over into witchcraft. We are to develop a relationship with our Heavenly Father, likened to the relationship that we have with friends, likened to 
a relationship that we have with our loved ones, with our husband or with our wife, but in a much deeper, more, more holy uh, uh, relationship than, than we have with people who we can see and touch. We can't see the Lord Jesus unless he reveals himself to it, but we can certainly sense uh, his presence. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, God the Father comes to us. Amen. Uh, there's a passage of scripture I want to read in John sixteen twenty three. Notice it says, and in that day you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. So that is a promise from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And of course, that day that he's speaking of is the day that we're living in now. Amen. That if we ask anything, if we have this confidence, remember what John said, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. So prayer is also a faith proposition. Amen. We pray in faith. We pray by faith. Praise God. Uh, all prayer is not the prayer of faith, but certainly faith is involved in any kind and every kind of prayer that we pray. We must believe that God hears and answers prayer. Amen. And so now in verse nine, uh, Jesus then says this. And after this manner, therefore, pray. ye." In other words, what he is saying. All right. Now, I want you to pray like this. If you want to pray. If you want me to teach you how to pray, this is the model or the foundation of prayer. And I know many commentators call this the model prayer of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and that's fine. That's all well and good. It is a foundation. This prayer, the Lord's prayer, is the foundation by which we build our prayer life uh, before Almighty God. Amen. So we can call the Lord's Prayer a model prayer. I mean, that's good. You know, I mean, you take a model and then you build something out of it. And so that certainly applies to this prayer. Uh, but I want us to look more clearly that the Lord's Prayer is the foundation upon which we build our prayer life. And I know in much of our Christian teaching, uh, we look at the Lord's Prayer as if, well, you know, this is a suggestion. No, this is not a suggestion. This is the Lord Jesus teaching us how we are to build our prayer life. Amen. And so when he when uh, Matthew records after this manner, therefore, pray ye, then this is the manner by which we are to build our prayer life. And he begins and he says this, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. So this begins the teaching of the Lord Jesus on prayer. And notice the very first thing he says in our prayer life is our father, which is in heaven, hallowed be or holy be thy name. We are to adore our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to adore our heavenly father. Amen. And we are to do exactly what the psalmist said. We are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with prayer. Why would you why would we want to go into his gates? Why would we want to inhabit his courts? Because we are dressing the king, the one in whom we have to do, the one who's going to answer our prayers, the one who's going to answer our petitions. Amen. And so it's right for us to give praise and honor and glory to him because he's worthy. You're not worthy of praise. I'm not worthy of praise. I know there's a lot of things that we say and do that are praiseworthy, but we don't heap that praise upon ourselves. 
when uh, Jesus was called good master, Jesus said himself, and this is something that I think that we need to really take to heart. He says, why do you call me good? There's none good but one, and that's the Father which is in heaven. Amen. Now, we know Jesus was good. We know that he was sinless, the sinless, spotless Son of God. He was tried and tested in all points, and we'll get into this later. He was tested and tried in all points, yet without sin. We call that good. Amen. He is good. He is a good God. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. But notice that Jesus would not accept any praise for himself. Amen. Now, there are declarations he made that left absolutely no doubt in a person's mind that Jesus knew exactly who he was. Amen. And see, that's the same kind of meek and lowliness that you and I need to have. We don't need to uh, seek for approval or praise or glory. I know it's it's it feels good to be appreciated. Amen. I I like being appreciated for uh, the things that I do, but I don't want men to praise me for that. Amen. Because in myself, there's no good thing. And I have a fallen nature that is in the process of being redeemed. And I'm also human. I am not perfect. I'm not very smart, but it's the Holy Ghost that makes me smart. It's the Holy Ghost that causes me to be strong in the things of God. And so I am going to be uh, someone who's always going to look to Lord. And, and that's exactly the way we should be. That's meek and lowliness. Amen. Praise God. So when Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, which is in heaven, that's addressing him. He's the one that's going to answer our prayers. He's the one that's going to make us stand when all of hell is arrayed against us. He's the one that's going to set our feet upon a solid rock. He's the one that's going to lift our head up above our enemies. Amen. Everything that we have, it all belongs to him. Amen. Everything that uh, that God says we can have, we can have. Amen. Hallelujah. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So why would we not want to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise? Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm telling you, and I know you are too. And so after we spend time giving him thanks, after we spend time giving him praise, you know, the Psalms are a great source of praise to the Lord. We can just grab a Psalm and maybe one that's uh, our favorite and just, uh, you know, pray that back to him. Because really, that's what prayer is. Praying is is saying what God is speaking, what God has already spoken. Amen. That's what prayer is. And then after Jesus said, our father, which art in heaven, He says, hallowed or holy is thy name. Once again, that's adoration. Praise God. Now, we're calling God's name holy. And God had takes exception of people that take his name in vain. And of course, there's a couple ways we can look at that. But uh, constantly and continually on radio and on television and in conversations, People take the name of Jesus Christ and drag it through the mud. They use his name as an expletive and also the name of God as an expletive. And that is not treating God's name holy. We need to refrain from that and uh, we need to resist that when we're in the company of people that are profane. But notice that Peter said this 
Uh, he wrote this in First Peter chapter one. Be ye holy for I am holy. That comes from the Old Testament. Amen. And then he says this in verse six, uh, verse uh, 15 of the same chapter. Peter says we are to be holy in all manner of life and all of our uh, daily affairs. We are to be holy. Amen. Praise God. So holiness is a very important thing. If we're going to follow God, we're going to have to be holy. Uh, Peter, uh, Paul said this writing to the Hebrews. He said, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And of course, we can do that because we're born again, children of God. We have been created in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness is that which is on the inside of us, not that which is on the outside of us. Amen. That which is on the inside of us. And of course, this is how we know uh, those that are following God and those that are not, even though those that are not may be church members. Uh, if they're not following holiness, then they're really not following the Lord. Amen. And then Jesus says this. He says, after hallowed be thy name, he says, your kingdom come. Now, notice that we haven't gotten into personal petitions yet. First of all, we've glorified God. We've glorified his kingdom. We have uh, prayed the prayer of consecration, you know, and, and, and now we're saying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So after adoration comes the prayer of consecration that we direct our praying and we direct our life towards God's kingdom. Amen. Praise God that his kingdom will come and that his will be done. Notice he says, as it is in heaven, so it's to be done on earth. So God's word, his kingdom and his will is done in heaven and his kingdom and his will needs to be done down here on earth. And that's part of the mission of the church is to get men who are dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. Preach the gospel to them so that the Holy Spirit can draw them to the Lord Jesus so that they can receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said this, he says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are what? Who are veiled to them that are perishing, to them that are dead because the God of this world has blinded their minds through unbelief lest they might see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Amen. People worship God, but they're not going to, but they're not going to uh, accept Jesus Christ. Well, they really don't know God because Jesus Christ is the image of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the only way that men are going to be saved. That's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. We were blinded to the truth. But it took somebody preaching to us the gospel message that opened up our eyes, that caused us to see plainly who we are and who Jesus is and where we stand in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. And that's how we came to him. God drew us. Amen. Through the faithful preaching of one of God's servants. And I say praise God for that. Amen. But notice we are to pray for God's kingdom to come. Amen. God's kingdom to come. Now, God's kingdom has come to us 
but has it come to our neighbors? Maybe not. Well, then by word and by testimony and by deed, we're to show them, praise God, the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. And then we are to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen. We're to pray for the will of God to be accomplished. Wherever we consider, wherever we go in life, we are to pray for God's will to be done. Well, first of all, God's will has to be done in our life. Amen. Before we can ever testify and talk about God's will being done in other people's lives. Amen. So the first half of this prayer has to do with God, has to do with entering into his gates with thanksgiving, has to do with uh, considering his name to be holy, has to do with kingdom business, has to do with consecrating our life to do the will of God, which I think is very important. We are here to do God's will. Amen. And then we get over into personal prayers, personal petitions. Notice that Jesus says here, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. So God's business in prayer comes first. And then petitioning God concerning our business comes next. And of course, we know that God will supply us our every need. Uh, Paul said that in Philippians chapter four, and verse 19. Amen. That God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. And of course, with our giving, we need to make sure that God is the one that gets the glory. We saw that in almsgiving, giving to the poor. We don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. In other words, we give without any conscious thought of, well, you know, men are going to pray. Actually, we refrain from men praising us about our giving. We don't want people to know that. We don't want them to praise us about that. And if they do, we're dead and censored and we're dead to praise. Amen. We're dead to praise. Praise God. We give all the glory to God. Amen. And of course, God wants to supply all of our need. You know, Jesus said this. He says, given as shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And of course, you know, Philippians 419, which we already talked about, God shall supply all of our need. But it's all prefaced on giving. If we give, it'll be given unto us. So we give, we give with a heart of love and a desire to help others. Praise God. And then Jesus says this in verse 12, and forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, the Lord Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought towards your neighbor, that you may be forgiven your trespasses. For if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. Amen. Praise God. That's so important. So unforgiveness nullifies all of our prayers and all of our requests. So if we expect God and the Lord Jesus to grant us and give us our daily bread, then we're going to have to be willing to forgive others their trespasses against us. Notice it says here, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought towards others. 
or towards your neighbor. In other words, your neighbor's done you wrong. He's done something to offend you. Well, instead of holding that out against him until that person repents, he may never repent. He may never come to you and say, you know, uh, Brother John, I, I I did you wrong years ago, and I, it's bothered me, and I'm so sorry, and I w- would like you to forgive me. You know, and and humbly we accept that man's forgiveness and say, Brother, uh, God bless you. I forgive you, Amen. And and uh, and I've always want that, and I always want the best for you. Uh, instead of holding that against that person, well, that person may never come to you. He may never ask you to forgive him. But one thing Jesus said you must do, and that is you must forgive him. Amen. Now, you may have to do that with faith. (laughs) You may you may have to fight off and cast down a bunch of thoughts towards that individual because he hurts you or he hurts your family. But you've got to forgive that person. Amen. You've got to treat that person as if he never committed against you a suffered wrong. That's really what love is. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And I know that's difficult. It's not difficult in our heart. It's difficult because it scratches against our pride and it scratches against our flesh. Well, we are not to be flesh-ruled individuals. We are to be spirit-led individuals. Amen. Praise God. So we can and we do have the ability to forgive those uh, who have trespassed against us so that when we pray and ask God to forgive forgive us for the trespasses we've committed for, uh, against him, that he'll do that. I remember years ago that I, I worked for a minister and I moved my family a hundred and something miles to help him in his ministry. And he promised a certain amount of money. And in the six months that I served under him, I think the only money that I got from him was like a $20 bill, and that was it. And then he took off, and he left, and he left me there all by myself. And there were some things that went on, that, um, and I had ought against him. And I remember years later, here I was, I was driving down the highway, going to a certain place, and I got to thinking about this pastor and The more I thought about this pastor, the more uglier I got in my mind. And it's almost like I was saying to myself, you know, if he was here right now, I'd give him a piece of my mind. And then I caught myself and I said, Lord, you'll just have to forgive me. Lord, you'll just have to forgive me. The Lord spoke up on the inside of me and said this. He says, when you forgive him, then I'll forgive you. And I did. I tell you, I forgave that man and I didn't hold that against him anymore. And I would not allow those things that had happened in the past to get into my head. If the thought came, I just reject it right away. I wouldn't go down that path any longer. Amen. We have to forgive others their trespasses against us before God's going to forgive us. Amen. Now, what if I hadn't have done that? Well, I would have had to have answered that at the judgment bar of God. And that's a terrible thing to contemplate. Amen. So we are to be we are to forgive others their trespasses against us. And I know it's it's hard on our mortal flesh sometimes, but we just have to do it by faith. Amen. We have to do it. And we have to continually say out of our mouth, I forgive that brother. I love that brother and pray for that person. Pray for God's blessings to be upon that person. And sooner or later, you know, that that harm or that hurt uh, will be healed. 
Amen. And so we'll be able to to maintain the victory. As long as we're un, in unforgiveness, we'll, we are not maintaining victory. We're not maintaining victory over the world, over the flesh, or over the devil. Praise God. And then Jesus goes on and says this in verse 13, And lead us not in temptation, but, now here's the thing, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. It's either from the evil that's in the world or from the evil one. I prefer to look at it as from the evil one because that's where all evil comes from. Amen. Praise God. And so testings and trials and temptations, uh, the devil sends these things to try to get us uh, to do an evil work or to say an evil thing or to go back in our confession of the Lord Jesus Christ or to do things to discredit the name of Jesus. In other words, to be a hypocrite. You know, we go around talking about, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that. And then we turn around and do it and maybe do something worse. See, that brings refute. That brings uh, uh, repute, bad repute upon the the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, part of our, our praying should be, Lord, lead us not or do not allow us to enter into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Now, that's what happened to Israel. Israel continually rebelled against God. So God took his hand off of them. Amen. And led them into testing and into temptation and trial. Remember what he did to the children of Israel. He told Moses, Moses, you get one elder out of every one of the 12 tribes and you send them over to Canaan and let them Canaan and let them bring back report. And the 12 came back. Ten of them brought up an evil report because God knew what was in their heart. And he had to get that out of them. It took 40 years, them wandering in the wilderness and that generation dying out before they were equipped, before God allowed them to go go into Canaan land to to take it over. I tell you, I I don't want to wait. I don't want to go through 40 years of tribulation to get my heart ready. To do the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Let's just make up our minds to do it and do it right now. Amen. Now, first John chapter five, verse 18 says this. We know that no one who is born of God practices sin as a way of life because God holds him securely and the evil one can't touch him. See, there's nothing Satan can do by himself to turn us away from God. But now he will certainly test us and try us and tempt us to sin to turn us away from Christ. Amen. So if we hold all of these things that Jesus said, part of our foundation of our prayer life, walking in faith, worshiping God, considering the name of God holy, doing everything in our manner of life, amen, to bring bring holiness to the name of Jesus, praying for our personal petitions, walking in forgiveness, amen, then we'll be in a position of victory. And so that when Satan does come knocking at our door, our faith is going to answer and there's not going to be anybody there. Amen. See, we must be delivered from evil and God will deliver us from evil. There is no temptation, testing, trial, 
taken you, but such as is common to man. See, God, the, the devil doesn't have a new plan. It's the same plan. Amen. And if one man can overcome the plan of the devil, then you and I can overcome the plan of the devil. There's no temptation taken, but such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that we might be able to bear it. Amen. Praise God. So that and that all that comes from our prayer life. And so finally, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. So we begin our praying with adoration. We end our praying with adoration. Amen. So that's what Jesus is teaching us concerning prayer. And we'll end right here. Father, we bless you. We praise you. Thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Now, Lord, we hold to these truths, Lord, and we put them to practice in our life. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.